Hello and welcome to Soberholic Podcast. This show is designed to address topics that will encourage, equip, and inspire you to explore life's most difficult topics and overcome your biggest challenges. Today, your hosts Roger and Jason will share from their own experience how you can find hope and healing in recovery. Welcome to Soberholic Podcast, everybody, for the holiday hoorah. There you go, the holiday hoorah. Hoorah. Yeah. And, or we could also call this episode, um, Handling Healthy Habits to Handling the Holidays. You see what I did there with all the H's? Oh, that, that's good. Or or we could call it the season finale. The season finale, yeah. yeah. I don't think we've ever had officially had a season finale until this year. This will, this would be it. This is In it. fact, let me tell, talk to our listeners for a second. Do it. So, um, usually we, we kind of say some stuff towards the end of the show. And if they're like, I am listening to podcasts, you, you kind of tune out when you know mm-hmm. it's about over with. So let me give you this information on the front end. Yeah. So that way they'll have to listen to this to hear the other because it's important. Um, we made a decision to, well, actually. Just now. Last week. Yeah. Um, oh, last week. Yeah. <laughs> to um, make this our season finale, um, this will be the last show of November and of 2020 um, so that we can take December and spend some time with our family and also begin preparing season three. And um, with doing that, um, if you're new to the show, if this is the first time you've ever heard, what we try to do every Monday is come out with new content uh, to help with you that may be struggling with recovery or maybe they've been in recovery for a long time uh, just to have a recovery based you know platform to hear new material on mm-hmm. um, and we do that a lot of time through our own experiences uh, things that we're going through and also by bringing in guests to the show and I don't know if I just said this but if I didn't we keep that to about 30 minutes or less yeah and so um, we try to value your time and get it to you quick and kind of get to the point give you the meat of it and uh, so with all those things said if you are in recovery or a recovery community and you feel like you have something to give whether it's your testimony your story uh, something that you're promoting um, whatever it may be uh, we would love to hear about those things you can send us that information to soberholic podcast at gmail.com again soberholic podcast at gmail.com and just send us a line on what you may be um, what you may have for us and let us hear those things and we'll kind of get back to you on that to see if it would be a good fit for the show and really anything any kind of testimony you have i would really like to hear um if you've got it written down a lot of ministries like celebrate recovery require you to write those things mm-hmm. down you can send that just verbatim your cr yeah. testimony to us um if you're in other ones like aa or na just give us a brief little thing about what it is that you're struggling with um and see if we can get you in on our season three shows because we're going to begin doing some of those recording in December. So that way, January, the first Monday in January, we can send those out yeah. and start getting those out to the world. Especially if you're from Ireland. I know. I so want that. I just looked at our, um, what do you call that? Analytics. analytics yeah. And it, it showed that there, it's so, right over there in the Ireland area, <laughs> there's about three people that listen to us pretty consistently. Yeah. And I really, really want to come on, Ireland. On show. I know. You got, you got to do it. You got to do it. So, anyways, our holiday hoorah that we're going to be talking about. Um, what is it all about? Tell us about it. So, um, you know, this was something that I, I kind of like 
I lived this out um, for years, it was always so hard to stay sober through the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how many years in a row, I think it was two or three years in a row, it was like between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I was just in jail. I just somehow was in jail. <laughs> Uh, and like Thanksgiving would just like set it off, um, each year. I don't know why. I think it was just because my life was terrible and I was lonely and didn't have friends and, um, you know, my family wasn't, you know, I had alienated my family from myself. Mm -hmm. Um, all those, all those things that we do in addiction and so whenever the holidays would roll around, I would just be so depressed and just miserable. And um, I know there was a, a few times where I was coming into the Thanksgiving holiday like with some sobriety or maybe not like total sobriety, but not like, you know, full sobriety. And then like I hit, I hit Thanksgiving and I just went off the rails, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, and, and, and I think that's a kind of a symptom of the wider world, not just in, you know, substance abuse or whatever. A lot, the holidays are hard for just people like earth people, just normal people, people, you know? And so we were going to talk about just, you know, a few things that we think are helpful as far as, you know, making it through the holidays sober and, um, you know, just without it going off the rails. Yeah. Cause think about this now. Um, you look at Thanksgiving, you got food, you got Christmas, you got food, you got leading up to Christmas, candy. I mean, all of this is difficult. Um, you know, coming from someone like me, drugs and alcohol is my past, but my present is food. Like, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'm always trying to keep the weight off and I can make it to a gym, but I find myself with this foods around, I'm always eating and, you know, it, it does get depressing because I'm trying to do a little bit better here and all of this stuff's just coming at me left and right and presents from neighbors because we usually exchange presents and I've got one neighbor and she brings like the best cakes in the world Ooh. and I can't put it on the counter and not eat it. Right. I mean, um, I would offender although she would never know but you know that's my excuse for eating the three quarters of the cake and leaving the other quarter and so this year especially trying to maintain my weight through it all i mean i've got to figure out a way to stay healthy and stay sober in the sense of staying away from food in mm-hmm. an unhealthy way you know it's difficult what well, what should i do Ooh, uh with food well, just in general. I mean, uh, I, I believe when we talk about substances, food is a substance. Yeah, yeah. And so I think all of it looks the same. Yeah. So um, I think one of your key go-to tools with this would be accountability. I believe you're right. So um, especially when it comes to, like, substance abuse, like alcohol or drugs. So say you're in recovery, early recovery, or not early recovery, And, you know, you're having a family gathering uh, of some kind or whatever that you know there's going to be alcohol there at, Um, you know, and... You mean like someone spiking the eggnog? Like, well, that or, um, you know, just like your family gathering or somebody else's gathering or whatever where there's going to be alcohol, you need to have somebody with you, like actually physically present with you who knows that you're in recovery. 
and that you shouldn't be partaking of that that's a good point because a lot of people don't really tell everybody they're in recovery no and i and i don't i don't i mean me and you are you know i think different in a lot of ways as far as um we're at a point in our lives where you know we don't really care um Mm -hmm. who knows about that but i mean you know you might you might have a job that that's not something that you need to do or, or yeah, whatever. company party I mean, or something. Yeah. It might be, it might be a, a um, yeah, it might be a work thing or whatever, but if you have at least one person there who knows that you're in recovery and, and you're trying to be sober, just them knowing it can help you. But then if you are close enough with them, I mean, you can even empower them to, to like, Maybe not slap a beer out of your hand or anything like that, but you know, call you on it if you if you go to do it. And then in, in a situation like that too, you you definitely want to have an escape plan. Yeah. So you, like, you need keys in your hand. You need to be able to get yourself out of there in case you feel a temptation come on. And this has happened to me, um, um, not just around holidays, but like at weddings and stuff like that before, where the wedding like in a split second went from like just a normal reception to like a straight partying, you know, atmosphere or whatever. And I was like, it's time to go, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go now. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I think being in control of, you know, uh, of the environment as far as like being able to get out and remove yourself from it. I think that goes a long way. Yeah. I, I, th- I think community is important. Yeah. Um, and so what I mean by that, I think we can use that word in a lot of ways. But for me, it's it's just being around people. Uh, for me now, looking at my life today, is it w- differently than when I got sober 16 years ago? Uh, when I now, I mean, I think about family. I get to be with family. It's nice to see family and be wanted and welcomed around them. But 16 years ago, really nobody wanted me around, and I was still – had my guards up like I had alienated myself as you talked about away from them Mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to integrate myself back into my family because for so long I was the black sheep not that I had a bad family it's just rightfully so they needed to keep me at arm's distance because I wasn't good for anyone I didn't you know even now with my own children, if there's bad kids in the neighborhood, I don't want them kids around my kids. Right. And that's how, how I was with my family. Nobody wanted me around because I was the bad kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but so with that being said, it may find, you may find yourself early in sobriety with nowhere to go um, this time of year. And if you sit there all by yourself, lonely and depressed, which usually happens if we find ourselves you know, lonely and long enough, um, then all those ideas of drinking and drugging or you know, just some way to medicate our problem comes up. And usually the way we try to numb it is what brought us to our knees in the first place. And so community for, for that situation would be maybe your church group, maybe your recovery group, um, both of which will probably have something going on mm-hmm. if you've tried to get into the middle of these things. It's easy to say, well, I'm going and nobody wants me there either. I, I just disagree with that. Yeah. Because um, we had a, a guy, this happened, I don't know, seven, six or seven years ago, who had no family. Everybody was either lived way off or they, were, they had died around him. And so we invited him to our Thanksgiving. And it was just a simple, hey, why don't you come over here and eat with us? We're already cooking, no big deal. It meant the world to yep. him, like literally the world to him. I never would have 
imagine it would have meant that much to him to be invited to our Thanksgiving, but it did to him, and it's, it's changed me to see the expression on his face. And so in, in the midst of your church family or your recovery family, you'll find these people who are willing to bring you in if they know you don't have anywhere to go. Um, but you, you do kind of have to be vocal about that yeah. because – it's this common assumption that everybody's got family and places to go and you don't want to intrude on that because um you you are busy you got so many things to do but like for this gentleman um he was a sponsor of mine i knew him and i I talked to him as if we don't talk anymore because he's passed away now but um we um we we talked enough that i knew that he didn't and Mm so i invited him and he came and it helped him during that difficult time of just being there lonely by himself to have some people around a community around. And it also brought in the accountability you were talking about. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, this would be a great time to have a sponsor, you know, and to tell your sponsor, Hey, you know, I've got this family thing or this work thing or whatever. It's probably going to be alcohol there, you know, or what, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And just having that level of accountability is helpful. But I know a lot of a lot of recovery groups too this time of year have different. Um, I don't know what they're called. At our old home group, they used to, it was basically like a like a twenty four hour a day, or it was like all hours of the day or something like that. Yeah, they just kept it open. They just all kept day the long. kept the clubhouse open mm-hmm. because they know people you know, feel lonely around this time. They turned the TV on and I, and I went up there some, it wasn't even a meeting. It, it wasn't was just a meeting. literally it was just, just going in to have some other people around. You. It was just people hanging out together. And I know there's some, some different, um, groups like that, that are, that do do those type of events where, you know, like a friends giving type of thing and all that, you know, during the, during the holidays, just so nobody's alone. Having said all that, all that's going to look different this year because of COVID and all that spiking up. But I, I, I know there are groups that are still doing things mm-hmm. and um, taking the as many precautions as they can and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I, I do think that this year is going to be, for the recovery community, is going to be harder than it normally is. And so it's probably going to take, a little bit more effort, you know, to seek those things out than it normally would. Yeah. This would probably be a great time to, to remind everyone, including myself that for, for, if you've been in recovery for any amount of time, this is probably, and even if you're still in active addiction, this may be a time of year that brings you a lot of joy. A lot of people just love the holidays, mm-hmm. love Thanksgiving, love Christmas time. I love new years. Um, and so if you're that type of person and you've got a safe place to be, why not invite somebody? Yeah. Else? Why not use yeah. this as an opportunity to bring a friend and use that time to, you know, not even say I'm going to mentor you or show you anything, but show them what a, uh, a safe sobriety looks like and just say, Hey, why don't you come over here to our place this year? Yeah. And maybe they do have family to go with. Maybe it's on a different day, but they can still see what your family does and celebrate that. Yeah. And or call them up. Yeah. Because a lot of times our families, we don't know what safe even looks like. Cause I personally, and, and you too, we came from good families that mm. were sober families. But as I've sponsored people 
the majority of the people I've sponsored come from very dysfunctional families. And that's the reason we even talk about if you're going to your family's house and they're drinking, you know, these are the things to be worried about because that's, that's normal in a lot of families. So just because it's not normal in your family doesn't mean it was normal in somebody else's family. So if you think you have a good, safe environment for someone to experience the holidays in, bring them along with you and show them what their new normal could look like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, even even if you're somebody who's you know, um, who doesn't like the holidays at all, um, <laughs> uh, you know, you can still um, you're still going to have to make an effort, you know, to stay sober through them because I, I think I think it is harder to stay sober through, especially early on in recovery. When you're seeing, you're scrolling through Facebook, seeing all the quote-unquote perfect families, you know, and all this kind of stuff, comparing yourself to other people who are your age, who are much further along in life than you are now because of what, you know, the decisions you've made and the consequences of them. Um, you know, that was that was me for a long time. And so... Um, you know what's hard for me? Hard for me is New Year's Eve now. Staying up to midnight is damn near <laughs> impossible. I can't do it no more. Yeah. So yeah, I, that is true. Uh, well, when the fireworks are going off at 10 p.m. and I'm like, shut those fireworks <laughs> up. <laughs> ah! yeah, those don't bother me, but just stay it up, man. I can't do it. It's so hard. And there was a time I like, well, I don't, I've never really done good at it. Even when I was using, I would like blackout. By, by 12 <laughs> or pass out but now it's not so much blacking out or passing out it's just wanting to go to bed i'm too sl- too tired for this and my wife's like you're not gonna stay up and give me a kiss i'm like here i'm yeah, going to bed, we go. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> amateur night huh? yeah so i got i got sidetracked that's okay it was the phone call that went off yeah. that phone never rings yeah. and then it rang yeah. but maybe they want to talk to you yeah but anyway, so um, you know, thinking about some other other landmines that you can have around the holidays is like family tensions um, can definitely be a trigger that comes up around Christmas and and the holiday times because you know maybe maybe you don't see your family most of the year and then you come and you see them and there then, may be a good reason why you don't see yeah. your family <laughs> and then those resentments boom they're just right back to the surface again. And, uh, you know, that can be difficult to navigate. And, uh, you know, there again, you know, if, if seeing, seeing a certain family member is, you know, is going to bring all that back up in, in you, then you need to take action beforehand, um, you know, to, to try to mitigate that some. And again, accountability, having a sponsor to help you, um, through that situation, um, is definitely helpful and then too you know um you know um if you're actually working the steps you know um when you when you get to step nine if you're on step nine then the holiday christmas party is not the place to do your step nine with your family member i'm so <laughs> glad you said that because i was thinking to say jason just hit pause let's stop Don't this i need to talk to you because yeah, <laughs> it definitely is not the time to do that You're like oh this would be a great time yeah. in front of everybody yeah. <laughs> right but that's that's why you need a sponsor to help you help you through those that navigate that that practical um things that and issues that come up uh with with taking the night step 
So, but, um, you know, resentments can be huge around the holidays. Um, you know, whether it's nostalgia coming back and you're thinking back to your childhood on something and, you know, a lot of people get more nostalgic during the holidays and everything. So that's and, and another again, one to watch out for. And, and that's a good point. Cause I don't, I, I'm not that person at all. Like, cause I, I don't ever see blame in, in my family or any of those things of why I did it. I just realized today it was a lot of my poor choices, but uh, again, trying to look through the perspective of someone else as I'm talking right now, a lot of what we see is like uh, sexual abuse that happened when we were younger from family members uh, and while we're in recovery. And that may have been the trauma that even began this whole um, pathway that you're on now. Mm-hmm. And so now you may be facing someone that, that, that gave you this trauma. And that, like you meant, I mentioned, it, it brings back a lot of stuff that's happened over the years, and that's hard to deal with. And so one way that you try to do it is just numb it through drugs and alcohol or, or whatever. And so it, it's just, I don't know, I guess one thing and I'm, I'm learning even as we're talking here is not everybody's life is the same as my life, you mm-hmm. know, and that we all come from different places. But one thing I'm certain of is that recovery works the same regardless of where you've come from. I've seen it work in too many people, whether they were poor and no money, or they were middle class and had some money, or they were rich and had a ton of money, or whether they came in spiritually bankrupt and some that was, you know, pastors of a church. Regardless of the situation, the steps that we talk about so often, they work. If you, like you said a minute ago, if you're actually working the steps, right. you know, there's a difference of having the steps and actually using the steps. And it's the same thing as a Christian, you know, the Bible's great if you read it and apply it. Yeah. You know, you know, you could even know the verses, but unless you apply that into your life, it's worthless. Mm-hmm. And so as this holiday season's rolling through here, I guess it's really important to, you know, sometimes it's easy to coast on your recovery. You know, we all find ourselves doing that. Yeah. I just, I'm not going to go to meetings because I, I want to go spend time with my family. I'm not going to do this because I need to do that or whatever. And we just, we quit praying. We quit, quit doing everything because it's okay right now. But this is really the time you need to kind of be more praying, more prepared, more mm. um, giving, more all of those things, more accountability in our life, all of those things, regardless of where you think you may be, because I don't think we ever plan a, a relapse. It really right. happens unconsciously. You know, a lot of people will say that a relapse happens way before it happens. And I believe that it happens because we quit doing all the things that got us sober in the first place. And uh, those are the things you're mentioning, you know, uh, when we talk about, you know, even a gratitude list, praying, um, going to our meetings with accountability, you know, keeping our community around us, um, a sponsor. If we quit using all of those things because it's the holidays and we just want to break, we may be setting ourselves up for failure. Yeah. And, um, too, I know the whole COVID pandemic is raging right now, but there are still rehabs accepting inpatient, you know, uh, people right now. They're still they're still doing their thing. It may be a very good time to go it because be a good time you can't to use the excuse of work. You may be laid off right now. Yeah, you know that's one of the biggest excuses I hear. Anyway, I can't do it because what I'm going to do about my job. Right. Well, yeah. What kind of job you got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a job. I never could keep a job when I was in real active addiction. It yeah. just, those things didn't go together. Nah, yeah, me so, neither. But yeah, I mean, I, I, 
you know, people are still getting treatment right now, and which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like I, I had a conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago, and they were like, or, you know, they asked the question, are rehabs even taking anybody right now? I'm like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. because, you know, and they were like, well, I didn't know because I figured they would shut down, you know, because of risk of the coronavirus. I was like, the coronavirus is the least of your problems when you're, you know, shooting up dope every day. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not too worried about that. If you need help, then you should get help yeah. now, yeah. you know. And yeah, so, for those that are struggling with Molly, you better worry about, and not be worried about Rona. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, but I, I tell you, um, I, I look at the holidays today, and it, it's it's cool to be able to be more laid back and not uptight and be able to kind of go with the flow um, with things. And, and I still am kind of um, a Scrooge. I mean, I am. Anybody in my family would tell you that I'm a Scrooge. <laughs> But, you know, it's not that big a deal to me today. I mean, it's not really my priorities where what I want to do is go visit all these different homes because I get to see my family constantly. I see them all the time. So for me to meet with my family is just another, you know, weekday, you know, and I'm blessed with that. And I'm thankful. We talked about that in our last episode to to actually have all these people still in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's clear that for other people, this is a very difficult time of year year and i think it's very important to go back to the basics in our recovery where we started and remember all the things that's got us to where we're at because without those things then um we can't really maintain and keep what we got yeah reach out for help i agree that is one of the biggest things if you're struggling if you're depressed um you know if you're if you're having suicidal thoughts you know you can always call the uh, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-8255. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You, you can know, even text them. Yeah, there's a VA suicide line, too, and I gave mm-hmm. that to a friend of mine one time. I don't know the number off the top of my head like you, but um, it, it's been beneficial because like, a lot of the vets, they just deal with that. I'm fixing a sidetrack with a lot of okay. PTSD stuff, and um, that, that's hard stuff to deal with. Oh, yeah. And, um, so anyways, um, I just know that it's difficult to go through this time of year for some people. For some, this is a joy. You know, this yeah. is, a, is a great blessing to go through. And regardless of which side of that hoorah you're on, uh, know that um, there's others around you struggling if you're the one with joy. And know that you can still help them. I yeah. mean, this is the season of giving. Yeah. So give. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's more than your money. I believe more people would want your time than your money anyway. Sure. And so do that. And give to them in any way that you can do that. Um, if you'd like to give to us in Soberlock <laughs> Podcast, uh, you can give that to us at Soberlock Podcast. Uh, what is that at? Dot com, Soberlock right? Podcast.com, yeah. Um, and we're always looking for that to help with advertisements, to help us get our message out. But, you know, that's not what this show's about. No. It's about just trying to help difficult um, times or uh, help us through difficult times. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the end of another show. I'm Roger. I'm Jason. We're signing out. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out SoberholicPodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.